I just believe the most effective version of an ISA is an... So the big question is, what are top agents doing to absolutely crush it in real estate? To get the answers, we interview the top real estate agents to learn their secrets to success. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. My name is Andrew Dunn. And my name is Peter Michael. Welcome to Elite Agent Secrets. So one of the things that I would like to, uh, I think this rolls us really nicely into topic number two, which is exactly what to say is, what are you actually saying in Messenger? How are you actually getting people to warm up and voluntarily give you the information? How are you getting them from, I'm a total stranger, give me information about this property to, okay, I'll talk to an agent because then I know there's a lot of variables that we can't really control with when the agent talks, but I'm assuming you just got some kind of system process script in place. Yeah. So there's a, there's a funnel that flips pre pre lead generation to post lead generation. So pre lead lead generation, the issue isn't what are you saying? It's what are you not saying? So we obviously keep prestige between price and location of the property. Yes. So if, if, if when somebody inquires on a property, we tell them how much it is and where it is, that's the end of our conversation. So we keep, we don't talk about that pre-lead generation. So more important than what we do say is what we don't say until we have a lead generated in our system. So easy scripting pre-lead generation is, well, Peter, thanks for inquiring on this property. I'm not in front of my MLS right now to give you all that information. Let me have Ryan in our office send you all the details. What's the best phone number for him to text you the information at? So again, it's it's plausible deniability. Like I don't have the information in front of me. Let me sure. have somebody get you the information. Then a percentage of them will say, here's my phone number. A percentage of them will say, can't you just send it through messenger? And then a percentage of them will say, screw you. Like I don't ever, like I'm not, I'm not playing your game. So then at that point, one third of the people separate themselves out. They tell us to go screw ourselves, which is fine. We get the other third are now in the lead generation they've generated. Now that third that hasn't generated, we continue the conversation. And so our guys are very well versed in, to be honest with you, like I do not have that information in front of me or else I would. I've got like 17 other messages about this property. The most effective thing to do would be just give me your phone number and I'll pass it on to Ryan and he'll reach out to you. So again, it's the same message, same message, same message. Now, once they become a lead, once the lead is generated, then it becomes exactly what to say. So generally speaking, the people that inquire on the properties that we advertise cannot afford them. The reason being is their their appetite is greater than their stomach, right? Like their their budget doesn't match what their eyes. Classic see. online lead generation and classic feedback from agents: these leads suck, right? Right, exactly. So our agents in house are very well scripted to say, "Hey, this is Ryan. Joe just gave me your information. I'm going to send you all the details on that property as soon as I get back to the office. In the meantime, what?" is your budget or area of town you're looking to be in so that if for some reason this doesn't match, I want to send you a couple of deals that does. 
So again, yeah. now the comes getting additional information from them because we know statistically they're likely they're very unlikely to purchase the home that they inquired on. So now the game is how do we get the additional information from them of what they are actually looking for? So we'll play that game a little bit with them. And then the fun part comes when they're completely cold. Like let's say they they're somewhat unresponsive or they go cold on us or then we've got a magic script which is very simple which is they take my agents will take a picture of of a property they'll take three pictures of an attractive property they'll text those three pictures to a cold lead somebody that's entered database unresponsive with a very simple script that says hey peter this may not be for you but i came across this property that i think i can get a great deal on and i can even get the interest rate down to about 3.9% who do you know that's looking for a home like this in vegas question mark Super simple script. You get about a 75% response rate to that simple text. And people generally say, that place looks amazing. How much and where is it? And then we play the, we reset the whole thing. Now we're back here with, oh crap, I just walked away from my desk. I don't have the details in front of me. Just out of curiosity though, what is your budget? Because I've got a few that I can get this kind of deal on. And if this one doesn't work for you, I'll give you one that does. So it's just, it's the same, like we pretty much say three or four different things at every single stage, just depending on what information we have. So if we know somebody's budget, if they've told us, I want to spend up to 600,000, what we may not know is what area of town they want to be in. So, and, and ultimately though, the game is to get away from the what and into the why. So once we get them on the phone, once we start engaging with them and having a conversation, what is a Zillow game? Why is a human game? So we start to ask them questions like, hey, it's November 2022. The news media is all over the place when it comes to real estate, but you're still thinking of buying. Like, tell me about you. Like, what's going on in your world that's making you think now's a great time to buy? Are you getting married? Are you getting divorced? Was there a death in the family? Like, are you having another kid? Uh, you know, so it's always... For us, the, the, as soon as we could get away from the what someone is looking for and into the why they are looking, now we're connecting with them on an emotional level um, and, and our conversion rate is really high once we're able to get to that point. That, 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 that is amazing. All of this is happening in Messenger or is this also happening now, on the phone? For the most part, once so pre, pre-generation is all Messenger Post-generation is all CRM and or, and or phone call or text. But so we take them out of Messenger. We put them into right now we're with uh, Chime. So we'll put them into Chime, assign them to an agent, and then the agent will, uh, most of their activities will happen there in Chime. Got it. But I'm, what I'm saying is like the agent will text them or the agent will call them. At some no, point, so, they'll convert into a phone call. Yeah. So the agent doesn't have access to our Messenger account. Only our inside sales group does. So in order for an agent to interact with them, that's happening either by phone, by email, or in the Chime account. Yes, yeah, and that, that's kind of where I was going with this. Is I love I love this setup because I've been going back and forth on this. Whether or not you should be assigning to an agent in the beginning of the process. And the default answer is no. But at the same time, if you have automation built out, you do want to assign them sooner rather than later, just depending on what that workflow looks like, especially in my case, right? 
The lead comes in, Facebook lead ad just opts in, auto drips on email and text start going out, sends over to the ISA. ISA starts calling, starts to convert. You've almost inversed that process where you're like, nothing gets assigned to the agent. Everything is done through messenger ISA. So you don't actually have phone ISAs, phone inbound sales agents, do you? No, we treat our agents as ISAs. So like our oh. agents are expected to be, our, our agents are expected to, to act as an ISA. Now, this is a highly debated topic, right? Like, Yeah, because um, there's all different schools of thought. Both work. It just depends on your business model and what you like. Yeah, I mean, I just know as a human being, 90% of people will not pick up the phone and answer a call from somebody they don't know. <clears throat> For the 10% of the people that do pick up a phone uh, and answer when they don't know who's calling them, when there's that three-second gap from an auto dialer, um, they automatically know they're being sold something. When they could hear background noise of people talking, it makes the conversion even harder. So it's like, um, I, I just believe the most effective version of an ISA is an agent working their 100, 100 client database, texting them, emailing them, calling them directly from a cell phone. When a, I mean, think about the power of someone texting you and the and the and your response opportunity if you have an iPhone is blue. You know that it's a real iPhone, right? Or somebody yes. texting you from a from a computer. So it's like there's those little psychological things that that I think about, which is if somebody texts me and my response back, the the response button is blue, I know it's an iPhone, I'm much more likely to respond to them than right now, you know, I've I've got probably 20 political texts sitting on my phone that my only response option is green. I don't know the phone number. And Apple is even giving me the report junk down at the bottom. That's where a lot of the ISA type of auto text stuff will go. So I just, I just, I'm a big believer in, in people work and the human element of this, because so, I think so that's actually have your agents directly message from their iPhone and not through Chime. I mean, we give them the freedom to choose whichever one is best. A lot of times they'll do both. They'll text from Chime. And if they're not getting a response, they'll text from their phone. Um, but yeah, I mean, we 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 want them to do whatever they need to do to get a lead converted. And I'm, I'm just a big believer in the psychology of, um, you know, what you're able to do, especially if they put in a, a client's phone number and it shows up as a as a blue chat then the likelihood of that person taking their text serious goes way up because they'll know they're getting text by a human and not a robot. Yeah, I, th I think that's huge. I mean, I know for a fact that I've definitely gotten some responses because of the iPhone thing. And I definitely know that I ignored some responses because they're green bubbles. <laughs> and I'm like, shit, you know, I got to get I, everybody I work with. They have to have an iPhone. <laughs> yeah. Same. Yep. It's, it's because it just important. makes it so much easier. And I, I like what you're saying with exactly what to say, because your process, it's really, you have three paths. Depending on where they are, it circums them back. So it's very easy and very manageable. And the way you're breaking down the pre-lead gen and the post-lead gen, I think this is the first time I'm hearing it this way. I never really thought about it that before you get their information, is a different, little bit of a different process, aka conversation. And after you get their information, before you pass it off, where yeah, it makes the gap sure. and the handoff a little bit easier. Yep, 100%.
Thanks for listening to this episode. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. 